Hi, good morning from Mount Horeb, United Methodist Church here in Lexington, South Carolina. Certainly this is a new normal for all of us. We're so thankful you've invited us into your home this morning. As I look back over my life, I was thinking about how odd it was that 40 years ago, I minored in sports broadcasting in college. How long ago was that? ESPN hadn't even started yet. I was ahead of my time. But God, in his sense of humor, knew that 40 years later, I'd be sitting on a couch <clears throat> talking to you on your couch. This sermon series we're in the midst of is called Tension. How providential is that topic? This morning, we don't need more information. We need more inspiration. We're living in a time of spiritual tension. I know for some of you, this has been a time of struggling with your faith. Where is God in all of this? Or where is God in my life? We're living in uncertain times, surrounded by unprecedented panic. Today, I want everyone to know that you can be certain about your salvation. Right now, you can know for certain that God loves you and God has a plan for your life. I want to invite anyone who's watching with us this morning who is uncertain about their relationship with Jesus Christ to pray this prayer with me. Would you pray with me? Jesus Christ, I invite you to come into my life. I can't save myself or forgive my sins. You died on the cross to take away my sins. Forgive me and be my savior. I want to know you and learn to trust you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you invited Jesus Christ into your life, please email me. I want to help you get started in this great journey of walking with Jesus Christ, where you can begin to discover unprecedented peace. Now, we're living in a time of spiritual tension, but also just unprecedented tension. And again, we need inspiration, not necessarily right now more information. I want to give you some suggestions uh, that can help you deal with this tension. First, we need to be a people of faith and not a people of fear. In 1 John 4, we read these words, such love has no fear. Perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. In, in times of fear, we don't need to forget God's word. And we've all been guilty during this crisis probably of mismanaging our focus. We all probably spend too much time listening to the media and not enough time listening to God's still quiet voice. If you open the Bible, it's full of accounts of crisis, plagues, pestilence. But God's word reminds us that he never forsakes us. He never forgets us. I love what Max Licato said. If you feed your faith, your fears will starve. If you feed your fears, your faith will starve. We need inspiration that God is with us. We know that God doesn't cause things like coronaviruses, but we know that God will use a coronavirus to get our attention, to bring many people into a new relationship with Jesus Christ, to show the church how we can be even more impactful in this world. It's a great time for the church to demonstrate the love of God, the peace of God to people who are searching for peace and love. Now I'll tell you this morning that I believe this virus will not last. This is the valley that we're walking through. And remember what the psalmist wrote in the 23rd Psalm. 
Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So let's be people of faith and not people of fear. Also, let's be people who love God and who love our neighbors. Jesus gave us two great commandments, to love the Lord God with all of our hearts, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Right now, in your home, you're worshiping God. You're loving God with your family, with your friends, as we have this time of worship together. But also, you're demonstrating your love for your neighbors by staying at home, practicing social distancing. You know, as we go through this crisis, we need to keep washing our hands. But also, remember that Jesus demonstrated his love for his disciples by washing their feet. We need to look for those same opportunities to meet the needs of those God is calling us to serve in the midst of a crisis and certainly on the other side of this crisis. Mount Hor will be looking for ways that we can continue to impact our community locally and globally with the love of God, serving our community. So let's be people who love God and people who love our neighbors. And let's be people who trust in God and not in a fragile world. We've been reminded in the last two weeks how fragile this world is. A couple weeks ago, the economy was booming. The stock market was at record highs. Overall, we were happy and healthy. But then, bam, everything changed. It reminds me of what James wrote in his letter, chapter 4. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town, and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. What you ought to say is this. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans. Let's be people who trust in God, not in a fragile world. Let's be people who love God and love our neighbors. Let's be a people who put our faith in God and not in our fears. Now, finally, I would say to you in the midst of this tension is remember the church is not a place. The church is people. The church is not a steeple, but people. We cannot cancel church. We never stop being the church. And guess what? All of our calendars just got cleared up a little bit. Don't forget to make space for God and keep being the church. If you look in the book of Acts, the early church exploded in its impact and its growth because of persecution, because of crisis. It was scattered out into the world. I believe God will use this crisis to spread the church, to make an even greater impact locally and globally for God's purposes. Now, there is tension spiritually. There is unprecedented tension in the world. And let's talk for a minute about tension in the church. Now, this sermon series we're in the midst of is taking us through the book of Corinthians, Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. And as I looked at what I was assigned to preach on this weekend that was scheduled, I thought, what in the world does this part of Corinthians have to do with the crisis? Lord, how do you want me to make this work? And the more I lived in the passage and the more I prayed over it, God says, this is exactly what I want you to say. Let me read you the passage from 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. There are all different kinds. Let me start again. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. 
God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Wow. Spiritual gifts are given so we can help each other. And in this crazy world we're living in right now, God wants to use us. He wants to use his church to help people. There's a tension that exists in our world between what God can do and what we can do. Our God is the only one who creates. Our God is the only one that can be everywhere at the same time. Our God is the one who can cause good to come out of something bad. And our God is the one who gives to his people spiritual gifts. Martin Lloyd-Jones said it this way, when God acts, he can do more in five minutes than we can do in 50 years. We need the power of God's presence in our life. So what is a spiritual gift? Spiritual gifts equip us to serve the church and our community by spreading the gospel. Spiritual gifts are graces that enhance our natural talents, our abilities, our strengths. And, and even beyond those talents, God gives us things that, that we never thought we could do because of his Holy Spirit within us. And spiritual gifts are given to every Christian. If you're a believer today, God has given you a spiritual gift. And, and God makes that assignment. Now, I want to tell you where you can find spiritual gifts in the Bible. And these will be on, on your screen, so write these down, because you need to read these parts of the Bible about spiritual gifts. Uh, the first part is where I'm preaching from today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14 is a list of spiritual gifts. You also find a gift, a list of gifts in Ephesians 4.11 and then in Romans 12, 6 through 8. Read those and begin to discover your spiritual gifts by reading scripture. And then seek uh, out God to guide you and how he's made you and how he has, is, is bringing uh, things into your life. Uh, giving you interest in things, giving you uh, things to say or things to do that, that are bringing him glory. And then pay attention to what other people say to you about how you're serving God and what you're good at. And then if you get a chance, I think it'd be really good to take a spiritual gift profile. We're going to have one of those on our website next week. And if not, you can find one online, a spiritual gift profile, where you can help discover your spiritual gifts. Again, as I prayed over this uh, passage and this topic God laid on my heart that, that he wants to give the church, he wants to give his people spiritual gifts for a time of crisis. And I'm going to uh, give you some gifts that are in these passages that I believe especially are important in a time of crisis. And, and, and they're, they're going to be on your screen, and, and I'm going to read a short definition. The first is the gift of knowledge. What is that? It's the ability to discover, analyze, and clarify information. Well, we need the gift of knowledge right now to clarify, to analyze, to discover. The gift of wisdom is the ability to know how knowledge may best be applied to a specific need. Wisdom. How about this spiritual gift? Faith. Discern with extraordinary confidence the will and the purpose of God. I'm asking God to pour out upon his church a supernatural gift of faith. And certainly this spiritual gift, healing. How God uses individuals to heal illnesses and bring health back beyond any natural explanation. No explanation. It was the gift of God to bring healing. And then as I began my sermon today, the gift of evangelism, the ability to share the gospel with people who don't believe, to make clear God's plans of salvation. And then the gift of encouragement, 
to give words of comfort, to counsel people in this time of crisis. And this will be very important here, the gift of hospitality, which is the ability to provide shelter or to provide people resources, food, shelter, etc. Things that they need, the gift of hospitality in the crisis and certainly beyond this crisis. And then this gift, I think, is paramount to all these other gifts. We need the gift of miracles. That's when God uses a person to perform an act that makes God more famous by altering, hear this, altering the course of nature. You see, our God has the power to alter the course of nature. And he pours those gifts into people within the church. And remember this, these gifts that God gives us are about his glory. It's never to draw attention to ourselves, but to glorify God. Remember that God always gives us what we need, but not always what we want. That's what led to the tension in the church at Corinth. You see, they wanted particular spiritual gifts. They wanted, the, for example, the gift of language where they could speak in an unknown language. And Paul said to them, I'd rather you speak two words that people understand than a lot of words that people can't understand. Be who God has made you to be. Be who God has called you to be. We don't get to choose our spiritual gifts, but we get to choose to use our spiritual gift to serve God and spread the gospel. As Paul finished up this chapter in Corinthians, he said these words in verse 25 through 27. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. We need to build each other up. We need to encourage each other. We need to show hospitality. We need to practice evangelism. We need to let God use us to be agents of healing. We need to demonstrate our faith. We need wisdom, we need knowledge. There's gonna be all kinds of stories that come out of this crisis. I read one last week about what was going on in Italy. Right in the middle of the coronavirus crisis, they ran out of ventilators. They ran out of valves that could be used on the ventilators to treat patients who needed those ventilators the most. And worse yet, the medical supply company said they could provide no more because of the increased demand all over the country. So this particular hospital reached out to an Italian newspaper who reported about the shortage of these valves. And a founder of a local startup company who specialized in 3D uh, imaging, uh, 3D printing, he began to come up with a plan. And his own company was in Milan, which prevented him from being able to go to that particular hospital. So he reached out to two other engineers with a company called Instanova, and they used a 3D printer. And I don't understand 3D printing, but I think it's basically take a, a block of plastic and you use a lathe and, and you carve out something uh, that you're trying to create with the help of a computer in 3D printing. Well, this team, these two people, were able to design a valve that worked properly and made 100 life-saving valves in 24 hours, which began to treat people and save lives. Now, these uh, two engineers said that people's lives were in danger, and we acted. Don't call us heroes. We were just doing our duty. Don't call us geniuses. We were only applying physical principle. See, I believe that God has given the church 
everything we need to solve a crisis through spiritual gifts. I love this statement. Pray like everything depends on God and work like everything depends on you. And God will use you to change the world. So as we go into a time of prayer, I want us to pray that God will awaken people to a personal relationship with him, that people who have drifted away from God will come back to God. I want us to pray that there will be a great awakening all over the globe, a spiritual awakening. And I want us to pray that God would pour out, pour out spiritual gifts upon his church, upon this church. I've been praying with leaders and with doctors and, and other professionals that God would give them the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the gift of faith, the gift of discernment, and the gift of healing. Let's not be people of fear. Let's be people of faith. Let's be people who love God and love our neighbors. Let's be people who trust in God and not this fragile world. Let's be people who are the church wherever we find ourselves today. So let's pray together. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you that you have called us to be the church and you have provided to the church everything that is needed in the middle of a crisis. Father God, I thank you right now for the people listening that gave their life to Jesus, maybe for the first time. And I pray that you would help them begin their journey and find unprecedented peace in the midst of panic. And Father God, you would begin to use them to be agents of change in this world. And Father, we pray a special blessing upon people in the medical profession that are part of our church and in our community. We pray you would protect them as they, as they treat people. But we pray that you would give them the gift of supernatural healing, that things will happen that nobody can explain and that you will receive the glory for that. Father, I pray that right now you would give people listening your peace, people that are wondering about their jobs, people who are wondering about their companies, people who are wondering about their retirement. I pray, Father God, you would give each of us peace, that you have our lives in your hands, and that we would look to you for our source of strength, peace, and direction. Father, I pray for our most vulnerable members of the church who could be affected by this virus more than anyone else. And I pray you would give them your peace. I pray you would protect them. I pray you'd put a hedge of protection around our people. And I thank you for our congregational care teams that are reaching out to people. I thank you for our small groups that are reaching out to other small groups. I pray, Lord, that you would use this church and your Holy Spirit to help us navigate together this crisis. And Lord, on the other side of this, Mount Hor will be stronger than it's ever been. We'll, we'll discover new ways to do ministries that we never thought of that you would give us your gifts so that we can be your church to your people. And we ask all this in the strong name of Jesus Christ. And let's together, as a congregation, pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen and amen. Thank you again for being a part of this live stream. I, I'm, I believe that this worship is going to lift us all up and that God's word will guide us through this crisis.
God bless you.